Today we celebrate our devotion, which is a devotion to First Fridays. And, and most people I've encountered have no clue why they should be doing this. And I would say it was probably um, stated in our gospel reading today. And if you heard the words from the Gospel of John, I mean, all the readings are, are always amazing. Um, but if you heard the words from the Gospel of John, it, was, it said that you are to know and believe. And as Catholics, we are just very into symbols and signs and statues because we know that we're weak and we need devotions to help us always keep our lives centered on Christ because there's probably just as many temptations out there to pull you away. I always feel sorry for our Protestant evangelical brothers and sisters who just have a cross. I'm like, wow, you are a billion bajillion times stronger than me. And I think like we have images, we have statues, not to say we're worshiping idols. Like that's just freaking ridiculous. I hate it when people (laughs) say that Catholics are worshiping statues. It's like, no, 2D or 3D. The fact is we're weak and we're not as strong as apparently Protestants and evangelicals. So where does this devotion come from? Um, I don't know how many of you know about the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, but my hope is that you leave here changed and you desire to start a devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. This comes from St. Mar- Margaret Mary Alico, and she is a French nun who developed um, this title called the Beloved Disciple of the Sacred Heart. And she was founding this devotion and started perpetuating it to others in the 1670s. And considering that the blood that redeemed us at Calvary from a sacred heart we just heard was just pierced in the gospel reading today, it's meant to fill us with so much love and so much light that we easily understand how much Jesus loves us. And there's promises for those who have a devotion to the sacred heart. So I have the image of the sacred heart that I've had blessed. I know Kyle and Lisa, you guys have had your heart and your house enthroned to the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary, which is things you can do. And by the way, the devil hates it when you do that. It's a great way to protect yourselves. But this particular devotion comes with promises. So if you take up the devotion to the, to the, 12, or to the first Friday's uh, devotion, you get these promises. So the first one is that Jesus said to Margaret Mary Alico to tell you, is God will give you all the graces necessary for your state in life. Which means God will never give you more than you can handle, which is in accord with scripture. We hear in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your strength. But with the temptation will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. How many people do we hear say, God, if I open my heart, God's going to crush me, or some weird thing we say, but that's not in accord with Scripture, nor is it in accord with our tradition. So the first, first promise is, you will be given all the graces state necess- or all the graces necessary for your state of life. So if you're a student, if you are married, if you're a priest, God will provide. First promise. The second promise is, God will provide peace in your families. Not that anybody here would ever want peace in their families, right? Like this is like two really solid promises. The third one is that Jesus will comfort you in your trials. Now I know we're all perfect here, but you know, like when other people struggle, that means Jesus will be with them, right? And you, right? So that means Jesus will comfort you, which is in accord with scriptures, Matthew Matthew eleven twenty-five to twenty-eight. You know. Take my yoke upon you, for I am meek and humble of heart. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. 
The fourth promise, it says, Jesus will be your secure refuge during life and above all in death, which means you should be without fear that you're going to die. Christians are not called to fear death because Christ has redeemed it through his resurrection. It's a pretty sweet promise. The fifth one is, I will shed abundant blessings on all their undertakings. Now, if you don't want a blessed life, and I don't mean like it's, it's money. I mean, you're going to have grace. You're going to have peace. You're going to have trust um, with all of your undertakings. Sixth one is that sinners will find in my heart an infinite ocean of mercy, which echoes the promises divine mercy, right? An infinite ocean of mercy, which means there's no sin that God can't forgive. And we hear about Jesus' heart. We know about that, that image of the flaming heart, which would bring us, back to, bring us back to the flaming bush with Moses, right? That his heart burns for you. And it says sinners will find in his heart an infinite ocean of mercy, the seventh one I love because this, this is like, you know, other campuses, not this one, of course, but other campuses. It's seventh one. It says Luke's, lukewarm souls will become fervent. You know, I mean, I've heard of these other college campuses where people are kind of like lukewarm. And for those of us who know our scripture, we know that in Revelation 3.16, 3, it says that because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. I love that because Jesus wants you all in or all out. He doesn't want this lukewarmness. And these other campuses I've heard about, their parishes, of course, not in our diocese because we're perfect, right? Um, they have issues with lukewarmness. You know, and if you have a devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus, you'll be set on fire for the gospel. And that is important. The eighth one is, says that fervent souls will rapidly grow in holiness and perfection. So like, I know, I know a lot of us are already perfect, but like, you know, when we think about other people who don't have it all figured out, um, if you remain fervent, you will rapidly grow in holiness and perfection. So if you want like just to like, you know, be slow and be like molasses in January or February, um, avoid the sacred heart devotion. Please avoid that. But if you want holiness and perfection in Christ Jesus and you want to do it quickly, that means form a devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus. The ninth one says, I will bless every place where an image of my heart shall be exposed and honored. Hence, why we have an image of the Sacred Heart up at the, at the Newman Center. If you don't have an image up, ask myself or Sarah to print one off for you. Or go buy one and then have us bless it for you. And if you put it up, that place will be honored and it will be blessed. The tenth promise is, says, I will give priests the gift of touching the most hardened hearts. So I want you to think of people in your own family, people in your own friend line or old friend line who have hardened their hearts towards the Lord. And that means priests somehow, some way, by the gift of the graces from the sacred heart of Jesus, will be able to touch them. But notice how it doesn't say only at Mass. <laughs> so those of you who know I have a, I'm on a kick right now, I don't want us inviting people to Mass. Because most people aren't mature enough to go. We want to invite them to conversations. That means... I could touch someone's heart just by doing a meal blessing, right? Inviting them or just by being present. So it's important that this thing is the says priests will be able to do that in anointing, in confession, um, in counseling, right? The most hardened hearts. So think of like those people who have hardened their hearts. If you form a devotionist and you pray for them in front of the image, you will be able to allow priests to do that. 
Um, the 11th one, it says the names of those who promote this devotion. So part of this promise is you have to tell people about the Sacred Heart devotion will be written in my heart and never blotted out, which means you'll have an assurance that God loves you beyond all measure. Not that anybody here would, you know, struggle with, like, does God still love me? But, you know, like other people at, like, other campuses, right? Um, they, you know, they feel blotted out. They won't. And the 12th one is in, or I promise, in the excessive mercy of my heart that my all-powerful love will grant to all who receive Holy Communion on the first Friday for nine consecutive months the grace of final penitence, and they shall not die in disgrace, nor without receiving the sacraments, my divine heart shall be their safe refuge in this moment. One of my favorite sacraments is the sacrament of anointing the sick. And I can't tell you how many times I've anointed people and I go to their home and there's an image of the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary. What does that mean for you? <laughs> that means if you, you pick up this devotion, you go to nine straight first Friday months, that means when you die, a priest will be there to anoint you, to give you communion, anoint you, and hear your confession. That's a pretty, like, freaking sweet deal. I don't, like, know why we don't promote this, this devotion, but this is a part of the promise. But that means you have to come to communion on, on First Fridays. And if you're not in a state of grace, to go to confession, right? To go to confession. And then if the cool thing is also if you decide to take up this devotion, you get the first nine Fridays in, you can start doing it for other people. Like that's awesome. So it should be on your calendar now um, if you desire this to put it on, look up your next, next First Fridays for eight Fridays uh, of, of months and go to Mass and to pick up the devotion, you're going for these promises. And with all of these graces, these promises are contingent on obeying his will for us through prayer and the sacraments, which means you can't just do it and live a heretical lifestyle. You still have to participate in a holy life, listening to the Holy Spirit. And it will give you the grace of actually sharing the love of Jesus with others in a new way. And the ninth promise incidentally can can help the seventh and eighth. So just as looking at a crucifix can remind us that of that immense love for Jesus for you, when you put up an image of a sacred heart, you will, above all, begin to know of his love for you, that he burns with love for you, and it never goes out. But you will understand his love in a particular unique way. Unique way. And seeing his sacred heart ablaze with love and light can be a source of consolation. So after a hard day of class, after a difficult conversation with a loved one, or going through just the, the busyness of life, you can pour yourself out in front of this beautiful image. And his love is, again, not just for us. You can pray for those who struggle in their hardness of heart and those who have become lukewarm. And these promises, like this devotion, remind us that God loves you. And he doesn't want to lose anyone to Satan. And that means you and I must place ourselves before Jesus' sacred heart as the good shepherd. And he will search for you, his lost sheep. But that means you and I must want to be found. And a great prayer to pray, pray after you purchase this image of the sacred heart of Jesus and have it enthroned in your home. If you have questions how to do the enthronement, Kyle and Lisa can definitely show you. 
It's a, it's a process, but it's, it's a devotion if you feel called to it. Just to simply pray in front of the image, Jesus, find me so that I may be found always in your heart, which is in his love. Jesus, please help my heart beat with yours. So we just take a moment of silence just to think about this devotion. Think about the promises Jesus is placing before you. And the beautiful thing is, my friends, this devotion is found made true in the Eucharist where his heart sets, is set on fire for you. And you get to receive his heart, not just in an image, but in the body and blood. And when you come up for communion, he gives you his sacred heart so that your heart won't be lukewarm anymore, so that you won't wonder if he loves you or not. You will know. And he gave you his priest to always be a sign of his Eucharistic love for you so that we can touch the most hardened hearts. When you go back home for spring break, who is your pastor? Who is your priest? Will you pray for him in front of the image of the sacred heart of Jesus so that he can touch the most hardened hearts? And we appreciate your prayers. And we love feeding you with the sacred heart of Jesus. We just take a moment of silence to just prepare ourselves for a heart transplant. And his heart burns with love for us in the most holy sacrament of the Eucharist. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us.